0: Welcome to FiverrCast, the official Fiverr podcast for sellers by sellers. My name is Red, and you can find me on Fiverr at Red Horrocks.
1: And I'm Adam, aka TwistedWeb123. Today, we're joined by Fiverr account manager, Tricia. Welcome to the show, Tricia.
2: Hey, Adam. Hey, Red. Thank you very much.
1: It's great to have you on board. Now, we should probably say that we have all met before, and we actually met you at the New York event last year.
2: Yeah, we did. It was awesome. Tricia,
0: you are one of the um, one of the people responsible for the creation of the seller success program, and your customer service person in general too, and an account manager for a lot of users on Fiverr. So tell us just a tiny bit about about that, and, and what that actually all involves, and what your job entails.
2: Yeah, so uh, as you mentioned, I'm a success manager here at Fiverr, and we work with sellers on the platform to help them improve their business on Fiverr. Um, we have a lot of great freelancers on the website, and but maybe they don't have so much experience with business, and we come in and we kind of help them bridge that gap. And uh, along with that comes a lot of like customer service-related issues, and that, that's what I'm here to talk about today.
0: So you're uh, part of a a fairly growing team of of seller success managers. This is kind of a, the account management side of it is also kind of a newer program. It's been going for how long now? Getting close to a year, isn't it? Or am I just completely off on the
2: math? No, you're pretty close. I guess I would say uh, somewhere in the six to nine month range.
0: (laughs) So I know not everyone has a seller success manager. So um, why don't you tell us a little bit about... um, what that really entails for for people and who the target audience is and who you guys are working with for that.
2: So uh, you're right. Not everybody has a seller success manager as the the program is still new. We are working on expanding it, but uh, currently we're working with a lot of top rated sellers and level two sellers and um, across some of like the more dominant categories on Fiverr. And we are, we're growing from there.
1: So being a SSM and also a part of the customer service team, um, we have got you on the show today to answer some of the most frequently asked questions or questions that are pitched to customer service to see if we can finally get to the bottom of some of these issues that people seem to be facing or oh, just so questions ready. in general. So we can we can just launch these at you or we can we can do it nice. So I'm going to pitch it to Red to start with the first one and see which direction she takes it in.
0: We have a slew of awesome questions to help our listeners better understand some certain aspects of the site and aspects of customer support from a customer support perspective. So can you tell us a little bit about how the response rate works?
2: Yeah, so uh, response rate is actually a feature that I think uh, a lot of sellers are confused about sometimes. The way that it works is it's based off the first reply you give to a new message. So if a buy a potential buyer messages you asking some questions, you'll want to answer that message within 24 hours to avoid your response rate decreasing. It does not count for every subsequent reply, so you don't have to constantly be there ready to reply to every single message that the same buyer poses to you. Of course, you want to keep communication open, but uh, it's only the first message in that new conversation that counts against your response rates.
1: So are there any messages that don't include in the response rate? Uh, I mean, I've had it before where I've gone to respond to a message and that user may have had their messaging disabled or they've been removed from the platform. Is the fact that I can't reply to them then counted against me?
2: no if you can't reply to the user then it doesn't count against you Uh, similarly if you receive a message that uh is maybe considered spam you can report it as spam and that will not count against you Um, in some cases like these examples the response rate may take like about up to 48 hours to update so you might briefly see a decrease but then it'll come right back up and of course if anything seems unusual uh, anybody could contact customer support anytime and we'd be happy to check it out for you and make sure everything's all groovy
1: So does the response rate have any effect outside of our own account? Because to my knowledge, it's just a metric that our sellers can use on our account to help us. But does that have any effect in regards to search engine results or I should say internal search engine results on Fibre or any listings or anything like that? Or is it just really an internal metric for us as sellers?
2: So, actually, keeping your response rate above ninety percent, of course, I like to see one hundred percent is best to um, because if it goes low, it could impact your search rate results.
0: So, how often does your response rate cycle through? like so if i if I happened to miss a message, um how long does that missed message hold on for?
2: It's every thirty days. So if you missed a message on the tenth of May, it won't drop off of your uh, analytic until the tenth of June.
1: And just to clarify as well, it's done as a cumulative total. So if I get 100% responses in 29 days, but then I get like 90% on the 30th, it's the percentage of all of that in total over that 30 day period and not just that specific day.
2: Correct. It's across the entire 30 day period.
1: So talking about um, search results and our uh, positions in them, We also get asked a lot, how do you actually increase your position in search results on Fiverr? Are there any suggestions that you have for that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the number one answer to that I say is quality. So if you work on really creating a very compelling gig with uh, an excellent title, eye catching photos and a really clear description, that's going to help because it's going to help people click on your gig, check you out, get you some more orders, which will get you some more reviews. Um, you know, and generally keeping all of your customer service to your buyers top quality is going to help. A high response rate, uh, minimizing your cancellations, definitely minimizing your late deliveries. Uh, Really, the, the more work that you put into this and the higher quality of an offering that you're making to your buyers, that's all going to eventually translate and help you grow your search ranking on Fiverr.
0: Just a quick question about that. You say to minimize your cancellations. And are you, ta- are you talking about all cancellations or is there like a certain kind? Because I know for me, um, frequently I have buyers who they'll place an order, but they won't have quite placed it correctly. And they'll will end up canceling out the order mutually and then um, placing a new one. Will that negatively impact me?
2: No, a mutual cancellation won't negatively impact you. Uh, Same if like the buyer orders by mistake and the reason for canceling the order is such. Uh, But like what I'm thinking about are maybe canceling an order because it's late or canceling an order not mutually without like the buyer uh, agreeing to it. Things like that could definitely impact you. You can see that on your orders completed analytic on the left side of your dashboard will reflect that.
0: So does an order, okay, so say I have, I've canceled an order, and it it is an auto-complete cancellation where they haven't responded, so that counts against me, or no?
2: Um, If the buyer does not reply, then yes, it could count against you. I mean, I'd have to, like, look at a specific order to give you an answer on it, but... Uh, You do want your if you need to cancel an order, the best thing to do is first to communicate with your buyer and say, hey, for whatever reason, I won't be able to complete this job. Please keep a lookout. I'm going to send you a mutual cancellation request.
1: Coming back to the, the quality in regards to search results, I think that's actually a really key point um because when i review a lot of websites as part of my gigs i often get asked you know we want better search engine results we want this we want this etc we want to appear everywhere at the top and then you go and actually look at the website and you see that in terms of design conversions usability everything else could be improved so i think it's really key that it's not so much actually always about how high up you are or how many people are visiting your gigs but it's about actually having your gig set up in a way that they're there to convert whoever visits it. Cause I mean, it's all well and good having, you know, a hundred thousand people come and view your gig, but if it's not created in the best possible way and only two or three order, you're massively missing out there compared to if you had, you know, a hundred or 200 people look at your gig, but half of those order instead.
2: Yeah, absolutely. In the end, what we all want is to get orders. So creating a really very clear offering is going to help that happen
0: so moving on to since we're talking a little bit about about getting orders um do you have any um strong opinion regarding the benefit of of packages when it comes to uh, seeing people be more successful with gaining a larger number of orders versus versus not like have have people who are on packages been getting an increase in orders in your experience
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I love packages. I think they're great. I especially love the triple package offering. It really gives you as a seller, not only the ability to really clearly ma- set, set up your offering by using the custom pricing factors that we offer, but you can also use it as a tool to upsell where you have perhaps your first package is $10 or maybe it's even $5. But Uh, you can really list out, well, if you spent $25, you could have all of these things. And then your buyers can still even add extras on top of that. So um, from what I've seen, I see a lot of sellers having great success in bringing in higher dollar orders. and, And really, I've heard a lot of reports of people reducing questions from their buyers about it because everything is just so nicely laid out.
1: I imagine even if they weren't generating the same amount of orders, um, as a non packaged gig, the whole idea behind it as well is that you may receive less orders, but if those orders are of a higher value, then you're going to receive a larger revenue, which is probably the whole kind of point overall.
2: Yeah, certainly. And I think, you know, different sellers have a different methodology for how they like to handle their flow of orders. I see a lot of success stories. On the blog and on the forum, about sellers who they've really increased their offering to have have it start at maybe fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, even three hundred dollars. And of course, they're not getting the same type of volume that they received with their five dollar offering, but they're really receiving very high quality uh, orders, very um, intense, detailed work that they can focus on more because they're only focusing on big projects.
0: So it also would probably be a big improvement on their average selling price as well, which is, you know, everyone's goal is to have that as high as possible.
2: Yes, absolutely.
1: (laughs) I mean, I can. That's the sort of workflow that I would like to follow, because if you if you break that down, I think there's a tipping point between finding the right price, because if you've got a three hundred dollar order. Or a $300 package that's fantastic if you're selling it so you know that's the equivalent of $65 orders so the maths there alone seems fantastic why do 60 small orders when you can do one 300 but i think it's important you know as you're establishing yourself you find out your tipping point because there may be a point where you kind of put you know 400 500 or a thousand dollars and you think to yourself well you know if someone orders this that's the same as doing 205 dollars But if no one orders that, then you've missed out. So I think it's all about finding that balance of the in-between to make sure you're maximizing your revenue and, you know, potentially reducing the amount of single orders you have, but still being um, an appetizing proposition to buyers.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I would encourage anyone to really uh, set up triple packages and experiment a little bit with your pricing. Try a certain structure for a week or two um, and then, after that, switch it up a little bit and kind of see what works better for you. There are a lot of options and everybody has to find their own sweet spots, but uh, you have the tools and the flexibility to try it out.
1: So talking about new features, uh, one of which was packages. Another one that has been recently added is the watermark onto deliverables. Now, obviously, with new features often come new questions. And one of the other questions that we've seen pop up quite a lot is how do you remove this watermark from your gig or from the order from a buyer's perspective and also the seller's perspective as well?
2: Oh, yeah. So. I love the watermark as well, and it's very cool in that when the delivery is made, the image will have a Fiverr watermark on it. To remove the watermark, you just need to complete the order. So once the order is completed and feedback is left, then when you download the files, there will not be a watermark.
1: And from the seller's point of view, if you don't want the watermark on your gig?
2: Uh, yeah, as a seller, if you would like to turn off the watermark, just go to the edit gig and you can use the toggle to turn it off,
0: so one of the um one of the other questions we get asked quite a lot, um, because I know that um, we all believe so much that communication is key um, when it comes to providing excellent customer service. Do you have any um any tips or tricks for people whose buyer or seller um, might have stopped responding to them in the middle of an order?
2: Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, the first thing I would consider is to remember that Fiverr is a global marketplace and the person that you're talking to, they may not be in the same time zone as you. So I would always allow for a little bit of time for a reply. But say if like a day has passed and you have some really important information you need to convey or maybe even longer, um, you could also always contact customer support and we'd be happy to help by reaching out to your buyer or seller on your behalf and just giving them a give them an email with a little nudge saying, hey, your seller is actually looking for some information from you. And um, if they're having any difficulty, we would of course guide them through that as well.
1: So another question that often gets asked a lot is, is it possible to remove feedback on an order?
2: Um, It is possible, although the occasions can be rare. Generally, um, to remove feedback on an order, both parties should agree, both the buyer and the seller. For example, as a seller, if you're left a less than excellent feedback and you don't necessarily agree with that, the first thing that I would advise that you do is communicate with your buyer. Uh, most, most issues along this line can be solved by communication. I would recommend reaching out to them and asking them to understand a little bit more about why they left you uh, the feedback that they did. And perhaps with communication, you can work that out. And if both parties agree, it is possible to contact support to remove the feedback. Um, but other than that, it would generally would not be possible unless there is some sort of uh, violation of our terms of service, like perhaps there's like a privacy issue or a profanity or something like that. Those would be the only exceptions.
1: So talking about negative feedback and sometimes the fact it can't be removed, often sellers will maybe look to refund the buyer so the feedback can be mutually removed amongst them and they can move on. Now, from my point of view personally, I always weigh up a refund. If a buyer doesn't like something that they purchase from me, I will usually offer them you know, the revisions they're allowed and try to work with them further. But if they just keep asking for a refund, most of the time I will refer to the refund cancellation policy of Fiverr
2: related to our order cancellation policy, generally as a seller, if you've done the work and you've done the work with quality and you've communicated with the buyer, you do not have to cancel the order and, um, I I believe that your time is money and, of course, feedback is very important, but so is your time. And I think uh, I like the advice that you give, Adam, where it's best to probably work with your buyer a little more and perhaps the allowed revisions or um, trying to satisfy them instead of giving up the funds from the order.
1: Yeah, I mean, from my side, what I'll often do is I'll often – send a link to the buyers with the cancellation policy in case they are confused. But what I often say after delivery is, if you like the order, fantastic. You know, we can mark this as complete. If you don't like the order, please reach out to me for revisions, etc. And I just kind of give a little bit of a note on my logo design gig to say, please bear in mind, as you're paying as much for my time and the service as you are as the end deliverable, refunds are not available after delivery. And I stand by that because I stand by the work I, pr- I produce. Now, in my earlier days as a seller, when one low feedback on, you know, say 50 ratings could really damage me, I'll either work with the seller further and further more than the revisions that I state to make sure we se- can secure the order, or I would have refunded. But now, especially as my deliverable is so subjective, if I stand by the work I perform, I'll happily showcase it in my portfolio and I'll allow my buyers to make that decision. You know, If I receive, a let's say, a $100 order and I spend a few hours on it and I send it through, I'm not going to get those hours back. And if what I think I've created is good, I'm probably not going to refund the buyer in that scenario. If the buyer then goes ahead and leaves a comment saying they weren't happy, et cetera, I'll reach out to them and say they're more than welcome to request revisions. But what's more important for me there is on my profile, other potential buyers coming and seeing my work and making their own judgment based on what I've done. But but as you say, I, I do stress it's only if you're actually doing the work. You know, if, if I were to deliver nothing or not deliver what I've stated, then obviously I would refund. I mean, that's yes, not something definitely. I do. But if I feel I've done the work and I stand by what I've done, and especially with my logo design gig being so subjective, I kind of put it out into the world and kind of say to others, you know, make your decision.
2: Absolutely. Perhaps you have. Like just as you said, like a not so great feedback, you know, if you cancel that order and remove the feedback, you are potentially missing a really beautiful piece from your live portfolio that even though it doesn't have the best review may attract another buyer because that's just the kind of thing that they're looking for. Yeah, it's interesting
0: because I feel like it's really important to weigh, it's important to weigh the benefits, the benefits too. Like every so often I might have an order where, um, we get we've gotten into the order and it's a lot um, different than anticipated. And the other thing that I will sometimes do is I'll weigh whether or not it's worth continuing to work on a small order again and again and again. When I'm especially if I'm in a situation where I feel like I'm not going to be able to hit the exact mark for this potential customer. So the other thing that I may, might occasionally do is send someone over a refund and say you know, I'm, I'm really sorry, we don't seem to be on the same page with this order. Um, here's a, you know, here's a refund for this. I hope you find another provider because it's, it's, it's a, important sometimes to not just weigh the work you've done, but to weigh the amount of work you could do in the future. And, and if, you, if you're gonna, going to be spending a lot of time on a project that you still are fairly confident that the buyer's not going to be satisfied with, why waste either of your time?
2: Right. Not every buyer and seller are going to be a match. So um, what you do is wonderful. It's just important to keep op- keep communication open with your buyers. And as long as you do that, you'll find that you'll run into uh, cases that call for a refund or not so great feedback less and less.
1: I think that makes a lot of sense because as you say, you know, let's say you've got a $5 order and you've got two $20 orders in your queue and you do the $5 order and they come back and they come back again and again and again, in literal terms, you could be doing the $20 order there and you may feel to yourself, well, this $5 order, we're not just getting it quite right. But I I do think, as Tricia says, it's very important to communicate there so the buyer understands and appreciates that you've met that mutual ground and they're receiving a refund as opposed to them just thinking you've left them a little bit high and dry and cut your losses.
2: Right, exactly. If you feel that you need to cancel an order, definitely communicate with your buyer why and um, you'll find that you'll have not only a better experience with them, but perhaps they'll come back to you in the future for another project because they'll remember the great service you gave them.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think that's one of the other things, too. It's like there's nothing wrong with um, with admitting that you guys might not be a good fit. It's, it's just all about being considerate of your time and being considerate of theirs too, because obviously they're going to want their project completed as fast as possible.
2: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. I mean, in my, in my earlier days when I was doing my website review gig, um, I used to always do the review. Then they'd come back to me and ask for a quote. Then I'd send the quote, they would pay, and then they'd send me details and usually only at that point, I would find out what system they were on. And a couple of times I kind of got stung myself where I realized after giving me the details, the system they were using was not appropriate for what I could do at all. And I could literally couldn't perform the work. So I would have secured like a two, $300 order. And then I would have had to turn around and said, you know, I'm sorry, but unfortunately I didn't realize this or this, et cetera, and provided that refund. Now, thankfully, I've learned from that that I found out uh, if it's not clear, I find out the system that they're on now. But it just goes to highlight the fact that in that scenario, you may be tempted to think, well, what could I do for this order? You know, how much can I do? Can I still do it at all? But you do sometimes just have to cut your losses. And a lot of those times or those buyers have come back to me in the future with other websites and we've worked together again.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, just because one order doesn't work out doesn't mean there's not potential for the future. So, Tricia,
0: what is what is your favorite feature on Fiverr that you feel is underutilized?
2: Oh, uh, wow, that's such a good question. Um, I mean... We have so many great tools uh, and, and I love all of them for different reasons. I would encourage people that are looking to do a little more to play with Fiverr Anywhere. Uh, Adam has done some amazing things with Fiverr Anywhere that he should definitely talk to you about sometime. Uh, I also really like the buyer request feature and we've been working on approving that a lot. You, If you haven't been on in a while, I'd really encourage you to check it out. Buyers can now leave their budget for a particular order. So you have an idea if they're worth contacting or not. Um, And then you can also, as a seller, you can delete requests that you feel are irrelevant. So as you do that, you no longer have to wade through requests that are just kind of clutter and in your way keeping you from the best gigs that are available for you to fulfill.
1: So Tricia, if you need customer support's help, what is the best information you can send with your ticket to help them help you more?
2: Uh, Well, I would say, you know, if you're for the fastest resolution, the best thing to do is send any and all relevant information. Of course, if you have a question about an order, include your order number. Perhaps it's a conversation with a buyer. You may want to include the buyer's username. Uh, Pretty much anything that you think that could be related. If you put that into the ticket, that will help support, give you quick service and a quick resolution.
0: So when you when it comes to talking about um, support and and quick resolutions, um, is support a twenty four hour thing? Like, are there? I know that you're you're based in Florida, correct? Correct. And there's other and I know there's other um, a few other locations too. Is that mostly so that you can have like different time zones covered? Is there just someone sitting working in Florida twenty four hours a day at like three in the morning waiting for tickets? How does the How does that all work when it comes to the staffing for customer support?
2: Yeah, so most of our customer support is actually based in our Miami office. And uh, we do have 24-hour coverage. Uh, Nobody here has to work 24 hours. But we have folks who are here during the day and uh, the evening and through the night. So no matter when you contact us, there is a team of people that is ready and waiting to help you.
0: Well, that's about all the time we have today. So, Trisha, thank you so much for joining us. We really, really appreciate it. And as always, our jingle was made by Ryan, Custom Drum Loops, and we were edited today by Dansha. Thanks so much for joining us, and thanks again to Trisha, and we'll see you guys next week.